Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram's at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 134. We just had our first week of baseball, the 2023 season, and this one's going to be exciting, man. I, I, we got a lot to talk about about that, man. Uh, Trace Thompson for MVP, Kyle? It's it, dude. fun. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I guess we can just go ahead and get into our openers, the best thing that we saw this past week. And I'm going with West Coast baseball because one of my favorite feelings of just baseball season in general is is nights where it's like 10, maybe 9, 10 o'clock with the, the pitch clock now. Yeah. You're just watching some of the West Coast games going on. And we had a couple good series this past week uh, that I was able to watch quite a bit with the Guardians and the Mariners, the D-backs and the Dodgers, and then the Rockies and the Padres. Uh, all those series were competitive throughout, fun to watch, good games. And uh, that feeling of being able to watch baseball, I guess, late at night is is pretty good to watch. Oh, for sure. I mean, me too. It's it's the West Coast baseball, specifically the A's opening night game because I was there. Kyle also there, but unfortunately mm-hmm. couldn't watch the entire thing. But I'm pretty sure you saw the the important stuff. I did. And that was yeah. uh man, Otani really shoved. I mean, if you told me Otani was throwing six shutout with 10 Ks, I would have thought we got killed. But we pulled it out because Kyle Moeller was also great. Opening day starter, his first full season. Uh, big hits by Tony Kemp and Aledmus Diaz, and they got the job done two to one. Hasn't been great since then, but um, we beat Otani. Yeah, indeed we did. Might not have been directly against him, but yeah. you know, a win <laughs> is a win at that point, and we'll take that. Uh, moving into team reports, so going back to football, I guess a little bit yeah. here. Uh, anything with the Jets? Well, just uh, getting ready for the meetings, you know, the draft meetings, You we pick our whatever top 30, 40 guys we think are going to be in our range and start interviewing them. And I yeah. think the only first round guy the Jets are interviewing is uh, safety Brian Branch from Bama. So maybe they figure we're trading this pick or that's their guy 100% because the other guys have been like third, fourth rounders. Hmm. But, you know, Joe Douglas, he loves his linemen. We'll probably draft a bunch of them and, uh, and not sign any more guys because that's just how he is. And we're also setting up uh, a visit with Odell Beckham Jr. So that should be interesting. Mm. I have mixed feelings, but if uh, Rodgers actually does get this deal done and he comes, uh, he's going to love Odell. So why not, man? And that's the Jet yeah. Report. Got to get that wish list done for A-Rod. Uh, as far as the Raiders go, uh, draft-wise, we I know are setting up meetings with Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Exciting. So that's good to see. Those are yeah. the two guys that I would prefer to have over Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. So uh, good by the Raiders on doing that. And yeah. then uh, we just kept on becoming the Patriots as far as we can do. And we signed Brian Hoyer to a two-year deal today. That's hilarious. And also <laughs> hired Danny Amendola to be one of our assistant coaches. So the Patriot way continues to make its way westward and uh, into Las Vegas. I just like how both of our teams realized that the old philosophy doesn't work and we're finally making a change after however many years. Yeah, I don't know if this philosophy is going to work either, though, because we don't have That's Tom true. Brady, but uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Moving into where's your head at now, and we are back to the player, pitcher, and rookie of the week in the MLB with the season starting last Thursday. So let's get right into 
player of the week, Skyler, who do you go with here? A lot of good choices. All right. uh, I'm going with Adam Duvall, Boston outfielder, a good friend of, uh, of my friend Kevin. So glad to see him getting off to a hot start here. 10 for 17, 588 average, six extra base hits. That's tied for first in the majors and nine RBIs. That's the most RBIs in the major leagues. Nice to see him. Uh, once again, with the hot start because he's been injured for the past couple of years. So uh, good for him, man. He's also the MLB player of the week for AL, I'm pretty sure. I think so, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I kind of went away from the complete week, and I went with the guy who probably had the best day out of anyone, and that's Trace Thompson. Uh, only three for nine in the week, but those three hits were all in the big. same night, and they were all home runs. They came off of his bat. As I was saying before my mic cut out, they all came off of his bat at 107.5 miles per hour, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but those three home runs resulted in eight RBIs and a blowout victory for the Dodgers. And uh, yeah, so Trace Thompson, player of the week for me. Nice. Moving on to pitcher of the week. Oh, yeah. It's got to be Jeffrey Springs, man. Six no-hit innings, walked one, struck out 12. You know, a lot of guys had similarly... Sorry, surprisingly similar first starts this season. Uh, but Springs was my pick for AL breakout and the only deep starter to not not allow a hit. So he gets the nod. Sorry, I'm stuttering. Jesus, it's early. I but, also went um, with Springs. Yeah. Too. So uh, the six innings, no hits, 12 Ks seemed like the most dominant performance that we saw. And uh, so Brett or Jeffrey Springs yeah. gets that. Uh, moving on to rookie of the week. A lot of interesting choices here. Yeah, uh, you know, some of the top prospects uh, really haven't settled in yet. And I thought this was a better story than a decent start from Kodai Senga. So I'm going with Tim Heron, the uh, Cleveland reliever. He struck out his first five batters of his career. Uh, that's two and a third, six total Ks, because he got another one against the A's last night. And he's only given up one hit so far. So good story. And uh, yeah, he gets the nod over the top prospects. Yeah, 29th round pick, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. So that's pretty crazy there. Uh, for my rookie of the week, I went with the Brewers' second bra- baseman, Bryce Terang, after mm-hmm. his 5-for-10 week. Uh, Grand Slam home run yesterday. That was his first career home run. And he also had two stolen bases this week, too, uh, for the Brew Crew, who's off to a 3-1 and one start so far. For them. Let's go ahead and overreact, or not overreact. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but with the first you know, four or five games for each of the teams so far, it's very easy to overreact on some things. So we're going to go over some things and see if that is an overreaction or, you know, maybe it's going to stay this way the entire year. Uh, Starting off with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. We're talking about, are they going to make the playoffs if they stay healthy? Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. As an ace fan, I completely understand the situation here. The Angels always find a way to fuck everything up. But they haven't quite had a roster structured like this one in 2023 in a while. So I want to dig a little deeper into that. Alongside Trout and Otani, a lot of guys are looking to take that step into the savvy veteran role. You know, guys who have just hit 30 years old, like Taylor Ward, Gio Urshela, Jury, Tyler Anderson, and uh, another group of of good young guys, too. Ohapi, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers. And I, I think if things are looking good, even before September, we could possibly see Ben Joyce and Zach Nato. So uh, I think for those reasons, it's different than your typical Angels team. And I still think there's a chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I really liked it, this Angels team and how they kind of built the roster in, in the offseason. Uh, only real thing that they did for the rotation was sign in Tyler Anderson, but that kind of makes their 
entire rotation obviously led with Shohei, uh, and then two through five being pretty solid guys with Jose Suarez and Reed Detmers ran, rounded it out. Yeah, uh, and then their lineups deep, and we saw that this past weekend when they took it to us over these really last two games of series against the A's. And uh, I think if this team stays healthy, they definitely should be able to make the playoffs because I think they're probably better than the Seattle Mariners at, at that point. Uh, will they stay healthy? Probably not. So we probably won't see them in October because mm. that's just how things go for the Angels. But if they stay healthy, Trout and Otani play 150, 162 games, whatever it is. Yeah, I think we can see them in the playoffs. Moving on to the Rangers. This one doesn't work too well because they actually only got one hit last night. So uh, <laughs> that's tough. But in the first three games, this lineup looked insane, going crazy on the Phillies and swept them. Uh, so let's say, do the Rangers yeah. have a top five lineup in the MLB? I think it's more likely that their potential is a top 10 lineup. I think they're around the 10th best right now, but they have room to grow. You know, if they strike out a lot less, it'll help because the Rangers drive in a lot of runs. That's what they do. I, I just don't really trust them yet. You know, historically, a lot of guys that fall off after a month, like Grossman, Garver, even Marcus Semien has been doing that the past couple of years. Um, so I'm going to say, no, they're not a top five, but they're definitely better than they were. I, I'm not saying that they're definitely not a top five in my eyes. I think it was kind of a fluke for these first, uh, few games of season that's because Robert Grossman and Mitch Garver and Jason mm. Jung all went crazy in, in the first weekend and so I don't think that'll be consistent and once you get back to that normal you know Seager's doing stuff Samian's doing stuff yeah. Nathaniel Lowe and, and Adolis Garcia and then besides that it's kind of rough to get other stuff from guys I think that's kind of what we're, we'll see the Rangers once we get to you know, a couple of weeks from now or, or may, whatever it may be, but I don't think this, this team or lineup is going to be anything crazy when it's, once it's all said and done. Moving on to the twins who are one of the two undefeated teams in the league right now, them and the Rays, who we're actually going to talk about after this. Yeah. Do the twins have enough pitching to stay in the wild card race all year? I guess I think, even the division yeah. race too. Yeah. Uh, I think what we've seen from Minnesota this past week is their absolute ceiling. When the entire team is locked in and healthy, the Twins can get the job done. However, you don't get to play Kansas City and Miami every night, two really bad lineups. Uh, so there, there's no shot they can keep this pace going of shutting down lineups every night. But the pitching staff is significantly better with Pablo Lopez. So if everyone stays healthy, they'll take that wildcard spot from the Angels. I'm just not ready to go there yet. Yeah, I think this team can definitely stick around. I don't know about making the playoffs, but when you look at the rotation, Lopez, Ryan, Sonny Gray, Tyler Maley, and Kenta Maeda, that's a you know, solid five rotation, yeah. probably one of the deeper ones in baseball. And in the back of the bull bullpen with Duran and Jorge Lopez, those are the shutdown eighth, eighth and ninth inning guys. Only thing that comes down to is you know the rookies, the guys like Jose Miranda, Royce Lewis, once he comes back healthy, being guys that can consistently stay in the lineup. And then, of course, the age-old question, Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa staying healthy because we haven't seen them stay healthy for a while now. And, uh, I mean, if they do, they should be in that race. But if they don't, then it's just going to be the same as last year. Moving on to the Rays now. This team looks really, really good on both sides of the ball. So let's just ask the question, are the mm -hmm. Rays going to win 100 games this year? No. 
No. Uh, once again, anyone can shut down Detroit and Washington. Again, they play Oakland the next series after this one. So they're going to start off on fire, and I'm sure we're going to have a similar conversation next week about them. But I'm waiting for their series at Toronto. Ten days from today will be the first real test. And uh, as of right now, I still believe in Toronto. I, I think they're the top dogs of the East. But if they can take down Toronto and shut them down once again, um, things may change. Yeah. But I don't think they'll win 100. I think the thing that we've seen with the Rays is they try to take out as many possible variables that they can have. So they always really play consistent regardless of who they're going against. They're always going to, you know, they don't crazily beat up on bad teams or anything mm -hmm. like that, but they also don't get shelled by good teams or anything like that. They're going to stay in a series regardless of who they're playing against. Uh, but with the rotation being as elite, as elite as it is, especially when Glasnow comes back and the bullpen being the bullpen of the Tampa Bay Rays that we've seen over the past, you know, five years at this point, it's that part should be just fine and, and yeah. be able to keep up with, with a hundred win pace. But the lineup just still doesn't have that, that wow factor to kind of compete with the Yankees or, or the Blue Jays, like you were talking about. So I don't say, I'm not saying a hundred wins, but I think uh, 94 to 97 would probably be mm -hmm. the ceiling for the squad. Moving on to the National League now, and specifically the National League West, we've seen some decent starts from the other teams besides the Dodgers and the Padres to start the season, like the Rockies, D-backs, and the Giants all, I believe, having two wins now at this point. Mm -hmm. Will we see any of those three teams keep up with the top two teams Uh I don't know, through August, September, even through the entire season. What do you think? Well, the NL West has provided us with some really fun night games. You mentioned it already, but I'm going to stick with my predictions from last week. Colorado and Arizona are going to give up way too many runs to stick around. And San Francisco's in a 500 team in every way possible right now. They're even at 19 runs scored to allowed. It's 500. <laughs> so I, I think the Padres and Dodgers will be fine. Yeah, I'm I'm saying the same thing. I think we we can expect the Padres and the Dodgers to be around 100 wins. Uh whether yeah. they break that probably we don't know yet, of course. But uh the Rockies always start start hot. They always surprise a couple teams or people to start the season and then from there slow down. And the D-backs have the electricity at the top of their so my mic cut out again. But as I was saying, the D-backs have the electricity at the top of the rotation and throughout their lineup to kind of stay in there for a few games. And then after that kind of fall off. And I think we'll see that a lot with the Diamondbacks this year where they win, you know, two, three in a row, and then they lose two or three in a row. They're not going to be the one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, 500 team that we see usually. Yeah. So D-backs giants probably right around 500 Rockies below 500. Still shout I'm out saying. to them for hitting well on the road though. That's true. CJ Crone, uh, probably player of the week snub for both mm -hmm. of us, but yeah. he had an amazing week. Uh, but like I was saying earlier, the Padres and the Dodgers, 100 wins is probably the expectation for them. Moving on to the NL Central. Uh, pretty interesting division so far. We've seen the Brewers get off to a good start. We've seen the Cubs play, I think they're 2-2 two and two now at this point, and the Reds are right around there too. Uh, the Cardinals sitting at two and two as well, too, but they've had some tougher games perhaps than the other teams in this division uh, with facing the Blue Jays to start the season and then hosting the Braves the next series. So is this division as easy as we thought it was going to be for the cards or is it a bit closer? No, no, this one's going to be a race for most of the year, in my opinion. 
We know Milwaukee never just goes away. The pitching's amazing. Pittsburgh is really bad, but the Cubs and the Reds are are pretty improved from last year by a lot. They, I mean, the Cubs spend a lot of money, and Cincinnati has some younger guys finally up. And uh, we talked about it last week a little bit. If you're listening to this, you didn't hear last episode 133, and you want to hear your your team specifically where we have them, that's where you go. But as of right now, uh, no, I, I don't think St. Louis will, will waltz into the playoffs quite yet. I have them winning, but I we talked about it last week. I think it'll be a little closer than people think. Yeah, I, I think the uh, division's going to be a bit closer than what we were talking about last week, too. And I think the, the Cardinals are still probably going to end up winning this division by, you yeah. know, five games probably at that point. Uh, but the Cubs and the Brewers are going to have a good race in, in this yeah. and not just go away without without fighting and the only thing that struggles with them, I just don't think they're deep enough to, to be a great regular season team. Mm-hmm. And we see the Cardinals like one through 13, the guys that they have hitting for them are all solid guys that anybody would want on their roster. So Cardinals are going to end up winning the division, but it's not going to be by 15, 20 yeah, games yeah. like we might've thought it was going to be uh, just last week. Moving into some stat categories. Now these ones are kind of fun. Yeah. Through I guess a half a week of the season. Do you think we will see somebody hit 50 homers this year? I say absolutely. Someone will hit 50 homers. I think a healthy Jordan Alvarez and of course, Aaron judge will be really close to 50 this season. And uh, I'm not sure if I trust anyone else just yet, but some other guys that are off to really hard, hot starts, Ronald Acuna, Matt Olson, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and even CJ Crone. We just talked about. They're on pace. They're off to extremely hot starts. But Jordan uh, yeah. and Judge are the guys I trust right now to get it done. Yeah, I, I'm mainly looking at Judge for this, and I think he'll get there. Uh, and like we were talking about earlier, the pitch clock helps yeah. helps a ton for this stuff. There's going to be times where the pitcher feels rushed, and he has to throw a pitch, and he ends up throwing a meatball to Aaron Judge, and he ends mm-hmm. up hitting it to places that we've never seen a ball hit before. So I think Judge will get there. I don't know about anybody else, uh, but I think, that's the guy who, who I'm picking for this. Moving on to stolen bases. We've seen a ton of stolen bases over this past week. Uh, I'm pretty sure the rate of going for stolen bases or attempting stolen bases yeah. is like doubled from what it was last year. Uh, and so let's ask, has some, will we see somebody steal 70 bases this year? And I don't think we've seen somebody do that since Jacoby Ellsbury in 2009 yeah. when he stole, stole, I think, 71 or 70. Wow. Well, uh, because of those reasons, I'm going to say no. No one does it. I think Jorge and Mateo and Corbin Carroll should lead their leagues, but come up just short. You know, stolen bases aren't quite as accepted across most teams' philosophies yet. I think we're going to see that massive boost next season, and someone hits 70 after that. I'm I'm going with the same answer there. I, I don't think somebody's going to get 70 uh, but I think the reason why is because it, it comes down to health and being able mm-hmm. to hit too. Uh, Jorge Mateo isn't the greatest hitter in the world. So if he's not hitting, you know, 270 and getting on base at like a 330, 340 OBP, he's not going to have enough chances to consistently go and steal bases for them. Uh, I also have Volpe and Carroll as possible yeah. guys that, that come to mind. Uh, but also another thing, like I was saying, a few seconds ago, health. Uh, uh-huh. Stolen base is one of the most, 
you know, possible injury prone positions in the entire game because you're sliding into a base with the ball coming in and a tag coming in and all the stuff. You can break a finger or, you know, even worse stuff happen from that side. So yeah. When you're going to steal that many times, you're going to get hurt eventually. It's just a ticking time bomb. And so I don't think they'll send Volpe and Carroll as much as what we might want them to. Uh, but I think we could probably see both those guys break 50 and maybe even break 60, but 70, not this year. That's a lot of stolen bases. Mm-hmm. Moving on to 200 hits. We didn't have it last year. Will we have it this year? Uh, I, once again, we're going to come up just short last year. Arias had like what? 199, 197. He was really close. Um, but we're going to come up just short. Uh, some early candidates, Luis Arias, once again, Wander Franco, if he stays hot, Bo Bichette was close last year and the St. Louis corner infielders. But, uh, once again, with the transitional period, a lot of new rules this year, I think it's safer to say, no, we, we don't have this milestone hit yet. I have three words. Yeah. Yes. Louise arise. <laughs> That's all I got. Okay. Moving on to Cy Young <laughs> voting. Jeffrey Springs, Garrett Cole, and Dylan Cease. Will they all be top 10 in AL Cy Young voting? Last year, Garrett Cole and Dylan Cease were. Jeffrey Springs was not. What do you think, Skeller? I think, yes. All three guys, barring injury, will be in the top 10. And what a great first start for these three guys. You know, even a healthy Jacob deGrom, with all of his best stuff, got rocked by Philly. Uh, so these guys are off to a great start. You know, the only issue would be the injuries because there's so many great starters in the AL. If you miss a month, you're going to get passed up. But if these guys yeah. stay healthy, these are the dudes in the AL this year. Yeah, I uh, we could probably even see these guys in the top seven, especially if I mean, health is the main thing that we were yeah. talking about. Uh, and Jeffrey Springs, I mean, he had a great year last year, but if he just, you know, is able to play the entire year, because yeah. I don't I. I don't know why, but he wasn't playing the entire year last year, whether it was out of the bullpen or something, or I don't know, some weird Tampa Bay stuff. Uh, he wasn't even in Cy Young voting. So I think this year he will be Garrett Cole and Dylan Cease. They should be right there too. The only reason why if they are healthy is Garrett Cole's given up a ton of homers like he did last year, but mm -hmm. he didn't do that in the first start. So I'm saying he won't do it for a ton the rest of this year. So uh, moving on to the last one that we have, we had 36 complete games last year, six by Sandy Alcantara. So yeah. he kind of carried the load for a lot of this stuff. Will we see over or under 35 complete games this year? I'm taking the under and uh, it's kind of like what you said, you know, Sandy carried the load a lot. And if he doesn't throw as many innings, which was a whole lot of innings, Everyone gets screwed with this bet. So it's too risky to do it. And with the big names getting pulled after six innings now to prevent injury, it's becoming a very common thing, not just with the top guys anymore. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I I'm taking the under too. And part of that as well is the pitch clock. Because mm. uh, when you're looking at, you know, getting through nine innings on 100 or 105 pitches, you're doing that over the span of like three and a half hours. Now... Like you're forced to do that so much quicker. You don't have those mini breaks that you can kind of step off and gather yourself if you're kind of losing your control or anything like that. You just got to go all the time. You always got to pitch. And I think at that point, we're going to see some guys get lit up a little bit. And yeah. uh, 
you know, we're going to see guys tire out a bit quicker because they're, they're going to be forced to do more physical. All righty. Moving on to, I guess, halftime now at this point, but yeah. I guess you could call it the post-game report, whatever you want to do. Uh, we're talking name. football and the NBA playoff races. Skyler, take it away. Yeah, yeah. To start it off with the post-game report here, uh, the Titans are interested in moving up to pick number three. That's the Arizona pick to draft a quarterback. And uh, I think we figured – Somebody would try to come up to three, and uh, now we know the Titans are uh, are that team. You know, Arizona has Kyler Murray. They'll probably be losing a lot of games. They're not going to take a quarterback. Uh, looks like Tennessee doesn't view Malik Willis as a franchise quarterback, which is kind of disappointing because I, I kind of like him. Uh, but this race to get the deal done before the draft with teams like the Raiders, Commanders, Bucks will be a fun story And because the draft's in 23 days. It's coming up. I snuck up on me kind of. Mm-hmm. which is always good. And yeah, uh, there'll be more, more draft talk. Got three weeks. And uh, it's just hard because not a lot of things have changed. You know, they're not going out and working with people anymore. And obviously, with you know, most of the interview stuff is private. That's not going to get released to us. So um, it's all about the new stuff we hear. Who likes who, who doesn't like who. And uh, we'll try to figure it all out before we get to the draft day. And yeah, yeah that's, that's the, the draft talk for now. So we'll move on to NBA. You know, it's the last week of the NBA season. So we'll talk a little bit about the standings because we're getting there. And uh, let's start off with the East. We know all 10 teams that will be there. Um, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, and New York have all clinched their spots in the top five. And the other teams on the bubble here, Brooklyn right now is the sixth seed up by two games against Miami. So if they win a game, they'll be in the playoffs. Then we got Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, and Chicago, all within two games for that plan. So uh, interesting situation here for the East because, you know, it's not quite the West, but we could have some interesting matchups in the plan. Um, Everyone else is out in the East, so sorry. Sorry, Washington. Uh, And now the wild, wild West. We know our top three, Denver, Memphis, and Sacramento. Those three teams have been awesome this year. Um, as we move down, it gets a little sketchier. We have Phoenix, who has KD now, but very hurt <laughs> with 43 wins. Uh, five and six, Clippers and the Warriors tied at 41 and 38. You know, as a Warriors fan, it's a good feeling just knowing we're going to be in the playoffs, at least, because we've had so many things go wrong this season. Yeah. And, um, Seven through 12 is where it gets interesting. And yeah, uh, 12 teams are still in it for the West, even with only three games left. That's the Lakers, Pelicans, Minnesota, and OKC have the spot right now. And then one game behind OKC is Dallas. Luka and Kyrie could always pull something out. And then Utah, still alive. One game behind Dallas, two games behind OKC, who's got the 10 spot, is Utah. So they got to win out, but Utah's not done. And I'm excited, man. Utah plays the Lakers tonight, so that's a pretty big game. Oh, and I okay. believe that is without Laurie Markinen and Walker Kessler. Uh, but Colin Sexton is back for them. Uh, and then some other games around the league today. Uh, Timberwolves play the Nets, so that's going to be a pretty big game as far as seeding goes for uh, Minnesota. Um, the Pelicans play the Kings in New Orleans, so that's a pretty big game for the Pels. I believe the Kings kind of have their spot locked up. And then the Lakers, or not the Lakers, the Thunder and the Warriors also play tonight too. Uh, so look out for those games tonight. Wow. 
Uh, and then a ton of games tomorrow. Good amount of games on Thursday. So a lot of games over this past week and uh, or this this next week. And we'll see how all things shape up uh, going into a, a week from now. Yeah, yeah. Sunday night, we're going to know all the playoff teams. And next week, we'll do our, uh, our postseason predictions. So mm-hmm. get ready for that one. And uh, that's the postgame report. Yeah. We're moving on to the bets. Yeah, moving on to layups and I guess kind of bold predictions here too for March Madness. Uh, I had a rough week, one for three. Skyler did not. He had a good week going three for three on on Take his it. picks. So, uh, Dick, I guess congrats to you UConn on, on, on getting the ship. One last night, I was able to catch a little bit of that game. Uh, and then this week, we're going back to baseball bets. As far as my layup goes, I'm picking Tampa Bay over Washington tomorrow. It should be probably a pretty heavy favorite Tampa Bay, but they uh, pitching McClanahan going up against Patrick Corbin. So, yeah, give me that. All right. Well, I'm going with Boston to beat the Tigers on Thursday in Detroit. Um, Chris Sale, not a great first start. He's got a 21 ERA in three innings, but Spencer Turnbull – from Detroit, even worse start, 27 ERA. He got lit up uh, the other day. So I'm taking Boston to win this one. Chris Sale has historically destroyed Detroit over his career. So this one should be fine for him. Yeah, moving on to bold predictions. I'm predicting that Alex Bregman goes yard on Wednesday up against Erod and the Detroit Tigers. That's a pretty good matchup for him. He's taken him yard, I believe, once or twice before in okay. about 15 at-bats. So... I'm picking Breggy to go yard tomorrow. Okay. Well, uh, I got Baltimore beating the Yankees on Saturday. Uh, Baltimore offense has been awesome so far, scoring a whole lot of runs. And Cole Irvin, Swervin Irvin, he's going to take down nasty Nestor Cortez. Um, I love Cole Irvin, the former A, doesn't get enough respect, and he's going to settle in. With this start in Baltimore, people are going to know his name. There we go. A's playing Baltimore next yeah. week, too. Four gamer. Yeah. <laughs> Gunnar Henderson versus Fuledness Diaz. <laughs> All right. That's gonna do it though for mm-hmm. episode one thirty-four. We will see y'all next week for episode one thirty-five with our probably NBA predictions for yeah. as far as the playoffs go. More MLB talk and uh, I guess maybe NFL draft stuff. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Just depends what we get. Hopefully, you know, the ESPN dudes are still on the phones finding more information for us to talk about because we don't like talking about BS. We like breaking stories. And that's all I got for you guys. So we'll see you next week. Go Warriors. Let's get that five or six seed. It's true. Go Nubs.